It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Mainly Modifieds podcast. I'm Tom Baker with Race Chaser Media, and we are looking forward to this week's show. Kyle Sousa will be joining me shortly, but first... We want to immediately get you to this week's feature interview, and all I've got to do is say, Money Matt. And I bet uh, 90% of you or more know exactly who this week's feature interview is. It is none other than the most recent winner on the Tri-Track Modified Circuit. Here now, Kyle Souza with Matt Hirschman. So let's run through the, the race itself. I mean, you get out front early. You said that it was a pretty fast pace for what I consider you normally run. Yeah. What's the mindset for that? Trying to lap cars, just trying to get way out there? Was the car just that good that it was easy to run that pace? No, I, yeah, I wasn't really trying to lap cars. If anything, I didn't want to run up on, on a pack too quick uh, that they kind of got panicked or impatient or whatever. I tried to pick through as long as I didn't get heavy pressure. But, uh, I mean, I had from the drop of the green – um, you know, there was the redraw was kind of interesting because uh, there was a the line of really good cars on the bottom, and then the outside line had some inexperienced guys. Um, I know the zero was I think uh, fourth or something like that. So I kind of wanted to hope hoped I didn't get taken back on the outside, and actually things opened up that I used the outside. And uh, then I was just with the, the 46 there, and, uh, you know, I ran second with him, and then I was I passed on a restart. Um, I really had a good car and had a lot of confidence in the car right through mid-race. Uh, the 92 came up, and he was right with me. I mean, I wasn't holding back, so then it was like when we pitted, um, you know, I knew we'd have to work through some of those cars, and, uh, and I was, again, in the outside lane, and the 92 was on the inside, and I, I didn't know if that – sometimes that the race could be decided because yep. of who gets ahead of who. Uh, I don't know if he wasn't as good or he just – when he got turned around, but I really wasn't as good as what I was mid-race, but I don't think anybody uh, was. What I think happened was uh, when the sun went down, I think the track really started to slicken up like it does at night, uh, and, uh, and then add – the 20 some laps guys pitted before me at the end it really showed up it didn't show up from like 80 something to 90 something it really didn't show up but we had a long caution around 97 to 100 and after that i think it really did show up uh, and it worked to my advantage so you drive up there you get to second you you made it look easy at least to get to third and then second um and then you're chasing Matt down what's going through your mind then because he you probably knew he wasn't going to give you any room trying to win the race um and then you get the yellow you just beat him on the if you spun his tires on the start it's kind of clear sailing from there right um, as far as the three you're saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I asked on the radio, I said, how's the three been looking up front? Because I couldn't get a, a look at it uh, where I was battling there. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I didn't really know what he had. But like I said, I think uh, I think he had a pretty good car. But I think those 20-some laps really showed up. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, um, it was definitely a good performance. Um, I needed to step up my performance. Um, you know, this race, this race track is probably historically, statistically been my best racetrack of my career. And being that we come here once a year, the last two years, we finished uh, third two years ago and fourth last year. We've been trending in the wrong direction here. And uh, really, 
after running uh, poorly at Monadnock, where we never even cracked the top five and finished seventh, uh, I, I needed to go to work, and uh, I challenged myself and uh, and um, you know to get better. I think it showed already at back at home in Pennsylvania. The last two weeks we won races, but I needed to do it here because this is where. You know, we've been going the wrong direction. We, you know, we've all we're always good back home. Um, those are you know my home tracks, and uh, um, but uh, here is where we've been going in the wrong direction. I mean, let's face it. If I don't win today, you know, it, and it's four years of uh, of coming here and not winning. You know, I won the first time I ever came to this place, and uh, and in this race, you know, this is the fifth win today. So um, I'm. I'm used to having a car that can at least compete to win, and I, I've been, like I said, trending in the wrong direction, and uh, that needed to change, and uh, I went to work, and uh, uh, like I said, it, it definitely showed. Uh, so take a lot of satisfaction in that. Couldn't do it without my guys, uh, you know, my dad and uh, my guys that helped me at home, and then my traveling crew that shows up here at the track. It's a, definitely a team effort, um, but I think Manadnock was uh, was the kick in the butt that I needed to, to get back to work and uh, figure out how to... Uh, get better because what i think happened uh it's kind of just a cycle in racing i think you know when you are on top and you're winning you roll with it you you run with it but everybody else is thinking how we got it how are we going to get better to beat the 60 what do we got to do to beat the 60 well guys figured it out and got better and they were beating me and uh like i said that changed today because uh i needed to step up my game so you step it up you win here and, and finally what what is this we talked about it on the track too but you've been coming here since the start of this sbm yeah bobby had a packed grandstand here i mean this place was was bumping today um what does this race mean to you you win a lot of big races you've won a lot of big money races but this kind of seems like it <laughs> might hit your heart a little bit more i don't know since you've yeah. been coming here since the beginning yeah it's uh i've always enjoyed coming here like i said winning the first time i ever came here and then having the success in the sbms after that um you know going back to the original ones uh, you know kevin rice and the webbers bob senior he'd always come see me after every race uh you know i really cherish that uh and uh like i said it's just you know the the race um Kevin Race used to have, there was a lot of bonus money or whatever. So for us, and I used to run this race with the J&J 59, it was like, that was a big deal for us to come here and win that race. Because, uh, you know, the J&J car, we didn't go race on the Wheeling Tour or even like ROC, I always do with my own cars. But that was a big deal for us to come here. And we won that race a couple times with that car and then a couple times with my car. I know one year, I think it paid 10000 which uh, next year is the 10th anniversary. And they said they were going to pay ten again. So that's the most we ever won was 10 back uh in i think 2016 um but they were always good paying races uh, because of the bonus money Kevin Rice used to, you know, raise and stuff. And even tonight, I know there was a bonus because, uh, you know, we won the heat and whatever. And like I said, next year, um, you know, they're talking a uh, big number next year. So being the success we've had, um, you know, I, you know, I'm always looking forward to coming here. I, it's just a, it's a once a year event. It's like the Open Wheel Wednesday. It comes once a year. You know, like for me, Race of Champions uh, comes once a year. And you put a lot into that because, you know, it's a whole year until you have another shot. And uh, like I said, uh, not winning this race the previous two years, you know, I don't win today. You're, you know, you're looking at four or five years of uh, not winning this. And like I said, we were accustomed to to being able to win this race. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back on top of it. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking. 
but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses, no problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financially it is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Victory Custom Trailers is a new and used trailer and RV dealership specializing in motor coaches, toter homes, race trailers, stackers, and lift gates. Their number one priority is to provide the absolute best customer service and deliver the finest quality trailers and coaches with flawless fit and finish. With over 200 coaches and trailers in stock, they are sure to have what you're looking for. If you're looking for something more custom, they can assist you in designing a trailer to meet your specifications so you will not be disappointed. In fact, you can design your very own trailer right from their website. For more information, just go to the website. You can check their inventory online. It's VictoryCustomTrailers.com. That's VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we continue this week's podcast. And Kyle Souza joins us now after that interview with uh, Matt Hirschman to talk about the tri-track race that Matt won. Um, I don't know if it's ever a surprise, <laughs> Kyle, when Matt Hirschman wins a race, but um, I was a little surprised uh, to see uh, young Master Swanson in the old blue um, and even more surprised at the performance, um, that seemed like it must have been one whale of a race. Yeah, uh, you know, the second race of the tri-track season obviously uh, kind of messed up year, right? We talked about it so much now um, due to the pandemic, and, and their second race of the year was originally supposed to be uh, their fourth race of the year, so it's wild uh, how that's panned out. But, yeah, race two up at Bobby Weber's Star Speedway, uh, this past Saturday night, and and again, you know, you're right, Matt Hirschman, no surprise there, but he was the class of the field. Uh, there, there's no second chance, no second thinking about it. Um, on Saturday, the dominant car for the entire distance, uh, he gets out front early, um, and, and at, at one time, Tom looked like he was going to whack a good chunk of the field, right? Um, setting a, a blistering pace that, that we're not accustomed to seeing Matt Hirschman set, and I think I, we talked about that in the interview, um, that, that I didn't think that, you know, that was yeah. his normal pace. Usually he's a lot slower um, and comfortable, but he, he took a different route, man. He, he wanted to get out front, wanted to lead some laps. There's no lap money or anything. He just wanted to be in control. Uh, and being in control worked until a controlled caution uh, where you can't lose any spots on pit road comes out uh, just after halfway. And some guys elect to stay out. Swanson, Erica Dale, uh, Andy Jankowiak, Cam McDermott, all those guys stay out, and that pins Hirschman just at the bottom of the top ten with fresh tires, uh, one fresh tire, and he makes the drive to the front. I mean, I don't know what these guys are going to do to beat Matt Hirschman um, in a big money race. I mean, he mentioned in the interview at Manadnock he was, in all intents and purposes, not what he wanted to be. Uh, and he went to work, dug down deep, but but I, I really don't know. If you look back at his history 
and think ahead to the future. I, I don't know what they got to do to beat him in a big race like this. <laughs> well, um, lock him in the porta potty, probably. Um, I mean, that's uh, look. The guy is just that good, and you know, you get him in in a situation like. Um, like he was in over the weekend. I mean, Star is a tight track, it's a bull ring. You know, I can see why he would want to be out front and be in control because, you know, you're not fighting traffic the whole race just to get to the front, and you're not, you're, you're a little less likely to be caught up in a wreck or whatever on your way to the front. So I can see very much why he would want to be uh, out front. And, you know, he's, um, Matt is, to me, one of the best of the modern era of drivers in a modified period. Um, you know, he may not run the entire tour, but um, that man is, is fast wherever he goes. Uh, and it doesn't matter which team or what situation you put him in. He's just that good. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a performance uh, from what it sounds like, but um, still very much impressed with, with Matt Swanson and, and really um, happy to see Old Blue doing something other than a tour race. And I, um, I'd like to see that car at more modified shows. Um, I mean, it's just such a legendary team. And I think the more that uh, those two, you know, the driver and the team race together, the better they're going to get. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Swanson's been running tri-check now. Uh, he mentioned it, um, I think, as part of the last uh, podcast interview yeah. we talked to him about. Uh, He's been running TriTech with a little bit different operation than his tour operation, right. but it's still a bowler car um, and, and still the same type of thing. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, good to see uh, him up front, Larry Westgate, the car owner. Um, man, that, that, that race was not uh, – it, it didn't all fall into his lap early. Right. Uh, he, he's in the heat race in a qualified position in a 37 car field where you got to make it through your heat or a Conti. And, uh, he ends up not making it. He got spun running third coming to the checker and didn't cross the line. Um, so unfortunately didn't qualify through his heat, went through the Conti, didn't qualify through the Conti, uh, which is something that everybody was kind of shocked about. Uh, and then he gets a provisional, the promoter's provisional from Bobby Weber and star speedway and try track together on that decision. Um, and he played the opposite strategy of Hirschman. Instead of go out and, you know, in all intents and purposes, you know, try to lap the field, he rides at the beginning, puts a tire on very early, and then at that break, he stays out and inherits the lead um, and, and leads a good chunk of laps there in the final stages. Uh, simply, you know, from, all, from my eyes, just had no tires left yeah. uh, at the end. He had really burnt up what he had. Uh, he didn't think it was because of the tires. Um, I have to disagree. I think, you know, the, the, the new tire that Matt Hirschman had in his car it was 40 or 50 laps newer than what Swanson had definitely mattered um, on a tight bow ring like that. Saw Hirschman really uh, work his way into the top five quickly. And then it took him some time uh, to get around some of the others up there. Andy Jankowiak gave him fits. Uh, Goodale gave him fits. They, they weren't making it easy, but as soon as he got the second uh, and started inching closer to Swanson by a car length or two a lap, it was pretty dang clear uh, that it was going to be Matt Hirschman's show to lose. And this is his fifth win as star. Uh, in this SBM race, this is a big-time show. Um, you know, it's $6,000 to win. Uh, this annual SBM race is, is a yearly thing that, that really, really brings in the cars and brings in the people. Uh, and, and Star Speedway sold out their 50% capacity. Um, so, you know, restricted to 50% from the state of New Hampshire. 
they sell that out. And, uh, you know, I think that's good, Tom. For any track that's at 50%, if they can somehow manage to sell it out, uh, you know, the thing that people don't realize, I think, is, is a lot of these tracks will never get to 100% right. capacity. Yeah, very rare. Um, and, and 50% is just a phenomenal number for them. Well, and I think it really shows the enthusiasm of the fan base to get out and want to see these races because they know that they need to, you know, they need to support these shows and they need to, uh, they need to get out when they can. And because, and, and again, there's so few of them this year as compared to normal. I mean, you're down a bunch of tour races and um, obviously Tri-Track is in the same boat trying to, uh, trying to schedule shows and trying to figure out how to how to manage their season. So yeah, and, and I mean, um, I think the I think the fans in New Hampshire uh, Star always seems to to draw a good crowd for a bigger show like that. And you know that's great to see though for Bobby Weber and and his group at Star because again you're you know you're you're taking the chance this year when you do a big race. Um, I mean, fifty percent if you could sell it out certainly you know, goes a long way, but, um, you know, again, you never quite know when you, when you put on a big show under normal circumstances, but this year, of course, uh, even worse because, you know, you don't have, um, the availability of your whole grandstand. You also, uh, again, you don't know you're coming into the season and trying to run regular shows to kind of get through it. And you put on a race like this, and and you just hope that you sell out the fifty percent that you got. Um, you know, just a tough year for everybody, but that's good. I'm I'm very happy to uh, to see the crowd, and to, you know, I'm I'm I thought that. Uh, I mean, let's face facts here. Matt Hirschman, as we talked about earlier, um, anywhere he goes, he's a threat to win, and he's a favorite to win. Um, Swanson did a heck of a job, but you you know you. It's just tough to beat Money Matt, man. It has been for a number of years now, and he just, he's almost like a fine wine. He seems to get better with age. Uh, and that's the amazing thing. He just doesn't fall off. Yeah. Um, you know, it just never feels, it never feels to me like he's, he's taking a, a real back seat. Um, and, and, you know, he mentioned in the interview about how he was kicking himself in the butt after Manadnot. Uh, didn't feel like they were good enough there at all. Um, and he felt like he got a ton better for Star. He was clearly the dominant car. Uh, winning his heat, leading most of the laps, you know, coming from the rear to the front. Um, I wouldn't say the rear. He was in the top 10, yeah. bottom of the top 10 to the front. But still, um, wasn't easy for him. Uh, Swanson came, uh, comes home second. Good run for him as well, obviously. Andy Jankowiak, great run for him for third. Uh, that's his second podium finish with Tri-Track in the last three Tri-Track races. Um, so good run there. Ronnie Williams was fourth. And Eric Goodale makes his uh, return to Tri-Track. Uh, for the second or third time in his career, been a while since he's run tri track. Uh, needs to run, needs to get his cars in the track, and he runs solid uh, with a fifth place finish. That guy in sticks, uh, a veteran of modified racing, but also now, I, I guess, a half veteran of Cup Series racing as well. Uh, nice to see Ryan Price yes. in the paddock area. Uh, nice to talk to Ryan a couple times during the day, see how things are going. Um, Seems comfortable with what he's got in the Cup Series, not thrilled with what they've had for performance, um, but comfortable with where he is there, and uh, Tom, I think that may have actually helped the 50% capacity deal. Um, with Ryan Priest in attendance, I mean, this is the really, this is the thing I wish we could see more of, is Cup guys going down to these short tracks and running weekly races, uh, you know, Touring Series race at best here with Tri-Track, but if more Cup Series drivers did this, I think, you know, the, the excitement level around these races would be just a tick higher. 
Well, and I and I think you are starting to see more of the cup guys drop down. It's not always the main stars of the series, but you're starting to see more of them do that. Garrett Smithley, um, who, while certainly isn't one of the top drivers performance-wise in cup, um, does have a pretty good fan base, especially down here in the Carolinas, um, actually came back all the way back and ran a truck at Hickory, um, not of the NASCAR variety, obviously, the Hickory Pro Trucks, um, ran a truck at Hickory this past Saturday night and got a win. Um, so, you know, you're starting to see some of those guys do that a little more. But again, this year is a hard year for that, too. I know Kevin Harvick had some plans, and, um, you know, there were a couple of other guys, I think, that, that were going to do some things, but, it you know, it, it becomes much harder with the COVID. A lot of these teams don't want their drivers doing anything like that right now so but yeah i agree in 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 general principle and it's always great to to see ryan go back home to new england obviously um you know he's that's where he started and where he's from so uh and he's always a threat wherever he goes uh you know a sixth place finish in that series probably disappointed him because i know he expects better and wants to do better but it's you know it's hard to go back and just do this a couple times a year and be perfect the way that you need to be to beat, you know, the Hirschmans and the the Swansons. And, you know, if you're running a tour race, obviously, the Monsignors and Kobe's and whoever else, uh, you know, it's just hard to hard to do that. And uh, um, just having them there, I'm sure, made a big difference in, in the enthusiasm of the crowd, if not the, 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 the count, uh, crowd count. Um, certainly the enthusiasm, I'm sure, was... Uh, much higher having Ryan back there and everybody had a chance to get his autograph or whatever and talk to him a little bit. And hopefully uh, maybe he can do a little bit more of that before the season's out as well. Well, I think that's a big point you made too about uh, his experience level and these modifies. He's got a lot of track time um, For in sure. his past, but I think the thing that, that plays definitely a major role is he's not doing this on a regular basis. Right. Um, you know, so to come up there to start a track that's difficult to begin with, um, and, and put a setup in it and practice the day before and hopefully be close. He was close. Uh, he was fast. Don't get me wrong. The car sure. was definitely good. Um, but not quite as quick as Matt Hirsch and a guy that races these cars on a weekly basis now. So, yeah, good to see Priest. Uh, and I think the other major point here, two things about Tri-Track number one, I uh, just want to touch on uh, the car count again, 37. Um, it's very similar to the first show they had at Manhattan. Amazing. Box about three weeks earlier, um, and, and a, a lot of question um, about why or why not the group of uh, tri-track drivers shows up to a tri-track race. I think, number one, the purse structure um, is high, $40,000 total purse, 6000 to win. It's $1,000 just to take the green. Yeah. Um, and, and they pay cars that don't even qualify at least $300 to showing up. Um, that, that's, that's a big factor. And number two, I think the other factor in everything is there's simply right now, um, it, it's one of the only options if you want to run a tour type modified style event with the modified tour, uh, NASCAR's tour running uh, on a limited basis at least, um, and, and Stafford running their open 80s. This is about it. Right. Um, the modified racing series has no races so far in 2020, so they're kind of uh, debunked for now, I guess. Um, at least for the time being, they're trying to get up off the ground there, but. Uh, you know, that might play a role as well, plus the purse. Plus, you know, I talked to Dave Sapienza, who runs the NASCAR tour uh, and who has now run the first two tri-track races of the year, and his big thing was he was just having fun. Um, sure. Tri-track's a lot more fun of an environment for him 
Um, not as much stress, he said. You get more opportunity to work on your car. Um, the tri-track format is just different. The modified tour practices for an hour straight, yeah. and they're done. Tri-track runs three sessions spread out over a couple hours, so you've got time to make some decent adjustments. Right. Um, and they run heat races on tri-track and concies, which gives you more of a chance to fill out your car before you get into the feature in a longer period race. Right. 15 lap heat is good enough. Well, so I still yeah. say too, I was going to add that, uh, the, from a fan standpoint, I think the tri-track format is just more fun too. I think people want to see heat race, especially up there. Right. People want to see right. heat races and concies, you know, that's, that's what everybody grew up with. Yeah. And I think that plays a role too. Yep. Um, you know, all those things playing a role. Great, great outing again uh, for the Tri-Track race that started that annual SBM. Bobby Weber, the owner and operator of Star Speedway, announcing that race is going to return uh, in 2021. Next year, it'll be the 10th anniversary of that. Um, the 10th anniversary race is supposed to be $10,000 to win now. Um, so they're wow. going to bump that from six grand to 10. Uh, so going to be another one of those marquee modified races. Talk about 2020, though. Um, Next up for Tri-Track, so they had the race July 5th at Manhattan the race July 25th at Star. Uh, next up, August 15th, it's a Saturday night, middle of August at Manadvoc, race two at Manadvoc in 2020, the second stop there. Uh, and then, Tom, after that, we're going to talk about Seacock a little bit later on, uh, but right now they don't have anything else planned um, other than Manadvoc, August the 15th. Everything else behind that has tentatively been postponed. Uh, so interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks and months uh, and what Tri-Track may or may not do, you know, maybe getting another track in right. there um, or something else. So there you go with Tri-Track. Let's transition over um, to the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Okay. Um, and, and what's going to be coming up this weekend, their return to competition for the first time since July 4th, which feels like absolutely forever ago. I know. It does. Um, it really does. It really does. Uh, and that, that's a testament uh, to, to how much racing's been going on in between it with Stafford's 80s, Tri-Track, some weekly shows. Uh, but they're back on the track this coming Saturday night, August the 1st, uh, the White Mountain Showdown 200. Um, it, you know, we raced there before, uh, so a month ago, so they know, you know, the general gist about what the track does and, and what, uh, you know, what they need to look forward to going in there. But uh, I, I guess in, in some purposes, um, you know, it's a little bit, uh, frustrating for some of these guys to not have uh, a guaranteed uh, schedule past the month of August, but I think the the general consensus is they are so happy to just get back on the track. It's been so long, uh, and they are thrilled, 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 thrilled. The one, you know, these the drivers and car owners I've talked to, uh, they cannot wait to go back racing. Well, and I, well, I would imagine. I mean, you know, they're used to running seventeen shows, and you know, we've had a handful. It's just. Uh... It's a it's been a tough year, um, but I think going back to to White Mountain again, you know, some would say that would favor the top dogs like you know your uh, your Kobe's and and Monsignors etc. But I also think that it plays into the Matt Swansons and some of the others who um, now have had a little time on the track and with you know with enough with enough opportunity to think about what they need to do differently. You go back with a little better setup out of the truck, off the, the the trailer, so to speak, out of the trailer, um, and you know, and, and maybe you get closer to some of these front runners. I mean, those guys aren't going to change much, right? They're already fast, but you get, you know, you get some of these, you know, fourth to sixth, fourth to tenth place runners. They're gonna, 
they're the ones that have the opportunity to make a gain here. So um, I think the second race could be really interesting. And obviously at this point, you know, Justin Bonsignor is on such a roll, but you got drivers like Doug Kobe who just, you know, they're not going to put up with that <laughs> the whole season. They're just not. Uh, you know, I I would I would say that uh, as we go forward here, Justin keeps winning. Um, he becomes more of a target, so to speak. So not say somebody's going to take him out to win, but just to say that it's very difficult um, to to keep up the way that he's going forever. And, you know, eventually you're going to make a mistake or somebody's going to put the bumper to you and slide you up and go by you um, because, you know, they want their share. So this is gonna be, I feel like this is going to be an interesting uh, race back. And, and even when you look at the, the next couple, You've got another one at Jennerstown, which probably does favor those guys, in my opinion. It's a little bigger track, a little faster track. Um, and, you know, then you go to Monadnock, um, which, again, is, um, you know, not a strange track for, for the modified. So um, I feel like this, this show at White Mountain is an opportunity for somebody to step up and grab it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, maybe the best chance to knock Monsignor off that, that perch, uh, of, of having won every race. I feel like this could be a Kobe win, you know, or this, this could be someone else. Uh, you know, again, um, you wonder what, what will Matt Hirschman do? What would happen if Matt Hirschman showed up at white mountain and, and especially coming off this win at star, you know, what what does that do to the dynamics? So it it should be an interesting show. Yeah, we talked to Matt in that interview briefly about um actually no we didn't. It was actually off the off the air. Uh I was gonna to say that. Yeah. The interview. Um yeah, I, I actually shut the recorder off and then thought of another question. Um <laughs> that happens sometimes. Yes. Um talking to him about uh whether he was going or not to White Mountain, he wasn't sure. Um and his big deal with the modified tour is he's got to bring at least what he said, 10 crew guys with him. Yeah. Um, just because of everything that's going on at a tour race with the tire corral and the inspection and, and you know, getting the cars ready yeah. and the lineups and, and everything. And he, number one, uh, wasn't sure he could get the full crew. Uh, and number two, uh, NASCAR does charge a license for any crew members. So there's a temporary license fee that comes with it. And that can stack up too. Yeah, um, sure can. And, and you know, Matt has been to a couple of modified tour races in the past with only four or five crew guys and run decent, but also told me, you know, that it wasn't really great. It was a struggle. Yeah. Um, you need a good crew for these races. I saw Timmy Salamito this week on Facebook is looking for crew members himself. Um, and I think that plays a role too. I think the, the biggest thing um, around, you know, running these races, how they've scheduled them, um, I, you know, randomly popped in here is some people just had other plans. Um, you know, when the original schedule came out way back when, before coronavirus, some people booked different things and what yeah. was going to be their off weekend. Um, and sometimes it's a way of life. You just can't get it changed. Um, right. I think that plays a role too. So it doesn't sound like Hirschman's going, um, which, which sucked, uh, cause he was strong the last time. Um, but most of the other cars that were there are going, there's 28 on the entry list. Still a good count. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. you, know, you, you got guys like pig cat, uh, Matt Swanson, Ramo, Emerling, uh, Johnny McKennedy, uh, Doug Colby, Kyle Bonson, yours, Sapienza, the Catalanos, uh, two out of the three of them. Uh, I mentioned Timmy Salamito, Eric Dale, Bonson, Watts, 
Pasquiak, uh, Ron Silk, and then a development uh, since the last time we spoke right here in the podcast um, for the number 82. Uh, and, and Chase Dowling yeah. parted ways with that ride um, for, for various reasons. Um, and they're going to have Anthony Nostella drive that car. Uh, Interesting. At least so a guy that's familiar with modified racing, a guy that ran there uh, back on July 4th with his own equipment and also had run there previously before the Mod Tour went there um, in another modified race. Good pick for them. Um, so, you know, Seller in the field as well. Uh, but I really think, Tom, you know, you mentioned Bonsignor winning the first two. Uh, Hershman doesn't go. So what does this mean? I mean, is, is this a Doug Kobe versus Justin Bonsignor showdown at White Mountain? I mean, it could be. Um, a lot of people in the tri-track pit area telling me, you know, everybody's going to go there with a little bit different setup. So hopefully everybody's a little bit closer to what Bonsignor and Kobe were able to do the first time. Um, but the way I look at it also is Phil Moran and Ryan Stone are also going to bring better cars as well. So, uh, you might catch up to where they were the first time, but Kobe and Bossier just seem to get better every time, uh, they go to a track for a second time and that's going to be tough to beat for some of these guys. Well, it is, but eventually the law of averages catches up with you. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those, it only, it, the field is close enough. I feel like where, you know, it just takes one mistake, one miscue, something happening, you know, on a pit stop or whatever, um, you know, it doesn't take much uh, to have your fortune change. And uh, obviously until somebody beats Justin, Justin's the guy, right? But I just, I think I know Doug Kobe well enough to know that um, he's going to start getting real tired a second. And, you know, and and that's, he wants to win, and I believe that Doug believes that even though Phil Moran, or even though uh, Mike Smeriglio no longer owns the car, and he does, um, it's the same car, the same team. You know, it's he should be winning, and I think he, you know, he's gonna he's going to fight tooth and nail. And once he gets a win, and as we both know, momentum is kind of funny. Um, it's, it, it has a tendency to, once you win once, then you, you get on a roll and, um, I don't think it's going to take much. And I don't, I think there's some other drivers that, you know, aren't really that far off. It, it, again, it's just going to take a little bit of luck going their way and, you know, get them over the hump. So, you know, I, I never go into, even when it looks like a guy should dominate, I never go into a weekend believing they will. Because, like I said, eventually the law of averages catches up with you. And um, I think Doug Kobe is the guy, in my mind, who could end this um, the streak of, of Justin's. Um, it's really not that far-fetched of an idea. Um, but um, it should be interesting. It's, uh, I, I mean, it's, it, the, the tour has just struggled so much this year just trying to, to get to where they're at. And you've got... You know, two more shows in August uh, after this one, and that's all you got for the moment. And, you know, who's who knows where it goes? Because I don't know that you can keep hitting the same couple of tracks over and over and over. Maybe you can. But uh, I feel like it gets harder uh, once we get past the end of August. The next show on the schedule would be Labor Day weekend at Oswego. I can update everybody to say that the governor there has extended the no fans rule until August 20th, which 
puts Oswego in a situation of basically canceling the month of August. They're running open practices on Fridays, but that's it. Um, you know, they're not canceling Classic Weekend as of yet. They're still hopeful that it gets lifted and they can have fans and do what's, you know, what's normal for Budweiser Classic Weekend. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I think that uh, the politics there is on a different agenda. I'm not sure he, that they're too concerned about what, you know, the racing world is losing or not losing or whatever, and I just I don't see it happening, and it certainly won't happen without fans uh, because at least the modified show, and really even the classic couldn't. It's just the purses are just too big. Um, so I would not bet much money on that show happening, though it is still technically uh, on the schedule unless, you know, they decide to change it. As far as I know, nothing's been touched for Classic Weekend at all. Um, They're hoping that they can at least run that and then the Super Dirt Week show that they run in October. So that, you know, that leaves you with a slight possibility, I suppose, for the moment of, of having the Labor Day show, but then... Um, where you go from there is anybody's guess. Um, you know, down here is tough. Um, you know, you got quarantine situations that are kind of going back and forth and whatever. So might be tough to try to get down here too far, or maybe it isn't. I don't know, but it's just going to be a tough, uh, I think a tough road to hoe after the, uh, the month of August for the tour to try to come up with shows, at least at tracks other than White Mountain and Jennerstown. Yeah, and that, that you know that's that's exactly it. Um, you know the, the purse for this White Mountain event is going to be lower than it was for the first one, um, which, which is concerning, um, especially knowing yeah. how many people were there in yeah. White Mountain the first time. Yep. Um, the fact that the purse is lower is is definitely a concern um, and a red flag for me. Um, so so that's something to keep in mind. And then number two, um, you know, Jennerstown at the twenty second supposed to be with fans. Um, I can't see why it wouldn't be because Jennerstown's been running shows with fans, even yeah. though they were when the first, they went there the first time and they still didn't have fans. Um, but you expect that to have fans. Manadnock on August 29th will definitely have fans. Um, and then you're right. I mean, after that, it's um, you know, it's slim picking. Uh, Tom, to be straight, yeah. you know, pretty blunt yep. about it, it, it's going to be damn tough um, to get races. You know, they, they were supposed to go to Thompson on August the 19th. That is still on the schedule, although. I find it very, very, very hard to believe that Thompson Speedway is going to run a tour show with only 25% total capacity um, and pay a full-price tour race or something close to it. So something to monitor there on whether that happens or not, that there's been absolutely no discussion um, from the track or NASCAR about that race. I mean, there is nothing. Um, it has hmm. been dead silence, and that, that's a concern to me as well, Tom, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, for sure. The fact that their silence is not good. Um, and then you've got Oswego you talked about in the fifth, and then full throttle at New Hampshire on Saturday, September 12th. I mean, source is telling me that that event is still scheduled to happen. Um, there's been no in- inclination that that's not going to happen. Okay. Um, so that might be, you know, another race on the schedule. There's supposed to be two races at Riverhead at the end of the year. Um, you know, definitely not going to happen without fans there either. No. Um, and then Stafford's fall final in Thompson's World Series. Who knows? But you know, highly unlikely again. So 
Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough sledding uh, for Jimmy Wilson. And uh, honestly, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to see the Modified Tour race. I'm one of them. Love the competition. Love the people. Love the racing. Love the drivers, the teams, the fans. Um, but if you realistically look at it and, and be pretty upfront about it, it's going to be dang tough. Yeah. Um, to get more than six or so shows in it. And unfortunately, Tom, you know, it, it is what it is. That That's it. That's the only way yeah. you can really look at it. It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, and that's, you know, that with the, with, with the structure the way it is for, for the tour, um, you know, the sanction fee and such, the costs are just prohibitive for a track that can't have a decent capacity of fans. You just can't, you know, you, you can't, uh, you're you're going to lose your your bottom on it. It's just that simple, and no track is going to do that at this point. A lot of uh, bigger shows, even down here, some of the bigger shows, um, you know, are being pulled from schedules, from racetracks, uh, both dirt and pavement, because, again, you know, there are a few that are somehow managing to run with fans. I'm really not sure how they're doing it, um, but, uh, you know, but they're doing it. But for most of them, that you know, especially on the payment side, there are no fans, so you're running, you know, your your weekly show, and that's that's all you're running. You're not running a lot of uh, bigger paying races because you just can't make, you can't you 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 can't pay out that much uh, and lose it. So it's um it's, it 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 is going to be interesting. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm sure. Jimmy and his group will be burning up the phone lines, uh, trying to to get. They've got August secured pretty well. So you're looking at September forward, and, you know, again, Oswego at this point still on the schedule. I guess uh, New Hampshire still on the schedule, um, you know. But after that, uh, and even with the Oswego show, I'm not I'm not very uh, – I would I, – I think your chances are probably less than 50-50 as of the moment. And, again, it has nothing to do with the Speedway itself. It has everything to do with the governor – um, in the politics that that we're playing, so um, we're we're just I just don't see it. Uh, I don't see it happening unless something changes at the last minute, and even then, um, talk on. It's going to be you know you're you're going to promote the thing for ten days, and you know, and and then what kind of a crowd do you get? You know, how many people decide? Well, I'm not going to take the chance. So it's the tour show at Oswego in my opinion, is a major risk, even if fans are allowed, because we don't know what kind of a crowd we're going to get. So, um, you know, I would say that 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 show would be a hard one to pull off this year, unless NASCAR, um, you know, and it can work something out with the Speedway um, on the sanction fee to make it a little less risky, because that's, it's just going to be a tough, uh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I don't see the kind of a crowd, classic crowd that we that the track would normally have, even if they're able to run the Canadian border still closed. Um, you know, you lose a lot, you lose all your Canadian fans. Um, so it's just, um, it's just going to be a tough situation there, I think. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody apprised of what's going on as best we know it. Um, and obviously as news breaks, we'll have it, but, uh, that's, I think the, uh, the, the wheel and tour is just, um, it's definitely going to be a much uh, shorter version of itself this year than um, than what uh, what the schedule wanted to show. Yeah, uh, and, and that's the best way to put it. Um, yeah. I think we can leave that at that. Yep. Uh, not much else going on with that. Um, 
couple other things, Tom, before we close the sure. edition. Um, you know, I want to talk about SeaCon. A lot of people questioning what's going on there. Uh, they got some big events planned this year uh-huh. as part of their 75th anniversary. Um, yeah, I don't have much good to report. Um, either similar to New Han- similar to New York's fan situation. The, the, Charlie Baker, governor of Massachusetts, is really, um, in all intents and purposes, stiffing the track here. Okay. Um, not going to get fans there either anytime yeah, soon, at least. same as New York. Um, they're so all working Friday, together. they've been running their Friday night divisions with no purses. Um, actually, there was a little bit of a purse this past Friday um, as part of the Diamond Dash series. But um, their Friday night divisions make sense because they don't pay out a full purse. Um, they, it's just money that they, you know, revenue in. So they've been running Fridays now for two weeks. It's been successful. Um, no issues there. You know, everybody's following the executive order from the state about wearing a mask when you can't social distance, stuff like that. Um, everything's been good there. Um, and there have been a lot of questions about their Saturday night program, which, you know, Tom, you know, you know, a lot of people listening know, uh, obviously comes with a steep, uh, steep purse agreement, yep, um, with their sure. teams. Yep. Uh, so what they've decided to do is start running Saturday nights without fans. Um, they're going to start that on August the 8th, but they had to eliminate their top division, the super late models. Oh, wow. Um, the purse agreement is just way, you know, it's a really good purse. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately it's just not going to be covered through the back gate price. Yeah. Um, so they're going to start running with their weight models, uh, their street stock division and their sport truck. Um, and then they're going to do something pretty cool. They're going to add in a spectator drag race weekly. Uh, so the fans that do want to, you know, bring their car, uh, will be allowed to have spectator races. Oh, okay. Um, and they're going to move up their Friday divisions onto Saturday. Uh, one, one, one per week. So they're taking one of their Friday divisions per week and giving them a second show on that weekend. Oh, that's so, good. Uh, starting on the 8th, the four-cylinder division that runs on Friday will have a non-point exhibition race on Saturday. Uh, the following week, they'll have their Bandolero, which is their kids. Yeah. Uh, they'll race the second race on the weekend on Saturday uh, and, and therefore uh, through the month of August. So Seacock's planning the month of August at this point um, and then going to see how it goes. Going forward, the unfortunate reality, Tom, is the big events that they had planned as part of their 75th year. Um, you know, Open Wheel Wednesday for Tri-Track, the Haunted 100, the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Super Modifieds, the NEMA Midgets, yep. uh, the Pro All-Star Series, the American Canes, all that stuff kind of taking a back seat here uh, for the time being. Still hopeful that we're going to get fans in there. Uh, I think a lot of it right now hinging on whether the New England Patriots get fans for their football games. Um, if they put fans at the Patriots stadium, then they have to allow fans at the racetrack. Uh, one would think, um, I, I don't <laughs> want to, you would think, but <laughs> one would think yeah. otherwise there, you know, otherwise there could be a, uh, you know, a phone call from a legal association. You would think. Um, otherwise, uh, <laughs> here we go using news. logic again. Yeah. I mean, good news <laughs> and bad news surrounding Seacock. Uh, but overall, I mean, it just sucks. Um, yeah. you know, I think. At some point earlier in the COVID pandemic, we, you know, you listen back, we might have been sugarcoating that it'll probably happen at some point. Now, I'm going to be pretty blunt with you. It sucks. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, don't I know think we all agree. Um, but, you know, whatever the case, um, there's the Seaconk update. And I do want to touch on Stafford before we close. Um, their annual Dunleavy's Modified Night this past week, um, you know, $10,000 in posted awards for their SK Light, which yeah. is their third division. Um, hell of a show again. Um, hell of a division. These guys put together such a show every week. Uh, and Derek Debus, a rookie, 
uh, wins that money. Starts in the pole, leads it all, wins it. Uh, so congrats to him. He used to run mini cups at Seekonk years ago. Um, and now running SK Lights at Stafford and winning a, a large chunk of money. So uh, he picked up a $2,300 winning prize for a weekly 40 lot still. That is good. Hmm. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, Ronnie Williams wins the SK race, his first win of the year for the two-time champion. Ryan Fern in the late models. Uh, it was uh, Gary Patnode uh, and Jeremy Lavoy uh, that battled early in the limited late models, but it was Lavoy picking up uh, the feature win. And in the uh, street stock division, another good show there as well uh, for their division five, Jason Lafayette picking up the win there, their street stock field averaging a full field of 24 um, every week. So Stafford, you know, a couple things coming up. Uh, they got their uh, race weekend coming up this weekend. And then next week on Friday, August 7th, they've got the 100 lap, 100 lap open modified race, the Napa Auto Parts 100. Uh, that is, of course, replacing the modified tour right. uh, that was supposed to run on that night. And we talked about it earlier in the podcast. But oddly enough, uh, half the purse to run the open modified 80, and they bumped it to 100 laps. So uh, that should tell you what they think about the modified tour right now and the possibilities of getting them in there are low. Um, and then August 8th, uh, the Napa Auto Parts SK 5K uh, coming up. The biggest SK race of the year, $5,000 to win, 100 laps. 7th annual should be a thriller on that Saturday as well. Of course, they're running some Saturdays. Uh, there's an announcement coming out impending in the future. They're going to add another show on another date. Uh, stay, you know, glued to what they've got going on. I can't drop the news yet, but that's coming out as well um, uh, from Stafford. So uh, overall, Tom, uh, another slow week, I guess, other than the tri-track race at Star um, up here on the Ring and Reason. A couple of tracks running their weekly program. Um, the American Canadian tour was in action, uh, this weekend, Jason Corliss won it up at Thunder Road, Pro All-Star Series was in action, Johnny Clark won, uh, some Fender Super Late Model stuff and Late Model stuff going on as well, uh, over the last week. The only last thing I do want to get your opinion on, okay. uh, before we close this week is the Granite State Pro Stock Series. They've been running, um, you know, for a good chunk of years now, they've always had a decent car count. Um, and, and we talked about this with the modified tour, same thing with Granite State, though. They've now run four, five races, uh, and four of them at Claremont Motorsports Park. Uh, and unfortunately for them, Tom, the last time they ran there this past Friday, there was only 10 cars. Wow. Um, and I think that that could possibly be because they're continuously running the same track. And unfortunately, those guys that are struggling at that track the first two times are unlikely to continue showing up, knowing that they're going to get their butt kicked probably. Um and it just opens an interesting door uh, for what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, I mean, again, if it, if you're doing it because that's all you can get because COVID, then that's one thing. If you're doing it, you know, it's 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 why when NASCAR basically killed the Southern Modified Tour and and went to where there were you know, a number of races at Thompson, a number of races at Stafford. I mean, you get now, granted, there are more modifieds up there. and, and But I, I feel like you need the variety. If you're going to be a legitimate touring series, you can't call yourself, a you know, um, a touring series if you're going to run the same track every week, then you're, you're a track series, and that's okay. Um, you know, but I think eventually you've got to be able to do better. And again, this year, I, I don't know. Um, you know, you would have a better pulse than I on 
you know what what's going on with it and and why they're doing that but i understand exactly where you're coming from from the competitor's point of view if you're going to go around the same track and i don't run well at that track um you know although you know i i would certainly uh i could buy into the idea that these drivers should be working harder trying to get better at that track <laughs> um and you know but it's just one of those you know i feel like this is just such a lost year it really is. I mean, everybody's just, you know, we're we're doing what we have to do to survive rather than, you know, than, than growing and flourishing and, you know, um, and it just, uh, it's very uncomfortable, I think, uh, from all perspectives, it feels like this year. And, um, you know, there, there, the things that are happening are beyond our control. And so I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't really know how to answer that one, Kyle, except to say that in general, um, if you're going to call yourself a touring series, especially if you've been around a while, you know, running half your schedule or close to half at one or two tracks doesn't really, that isn't really a tour at that point. You're, you're running a track series and it's a different mentality then. And, you know, maybe the, the, some of the drivers just aren't into that. They want to go do some other things. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, uh, I love the series for, I, I've loved following the series but uh you know 10 cars isn't a good obviously that's a heat race right that's not a you know that's 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 not a feature that's a heat so um all i will say is from my point of view is i hope whatever issues they have they can get them ironed out get the car counts back up because it is a great series um and i you know i'm going to defer to you because you know it better than i do yeah i mean i agree uh you know just when i've heard these guys don't want to run the same track five times a year yeah um, and, and, you know, we, we've seen that with the Modified Tour before, too. They cut Thompson and Stafford from four times a year down to three. Yeah. Um, and, and could be a testament of what's coming up there with Granite State in the future, too. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Granite State, Mike Park, the owner and operator of Granite State, also leases the Claremont Park. <laughs> um, so that's why they've been racing there so many times. But, you know, the car count only being 10 is not good. No. Um, to look forward to the future. So, um yeah, a lot of cool things going on uh, in general, though, in New England, Tom. Been a good week, uh, good discussion. And uh, I know next week we'll be talking about what happened at White Mountain, who won that modified pool race, uh, get the winner on, see what happened there. And then, uh, you know, be looking ahead to the following weekend at Stafford with that SK5K, that 100-lap open mod show, Seekonk's first Saturday night with no fans. A lot of stuff to talk about uh, over the next couple weeks. Just want everybody... Uh, hopefully everybody's staying safe and uh, doing things right with the mask and the distancing um, and look forward to hopefully getting back to the track again on a full-time basis uh, in the near future. And on that note, uh, thanks to all of you who uh, listen and share. We do appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to being back next week with another edition of Mainly Modifieds. Don't forget, uh, you can just go to Spotify or TuneIn or Apple or Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. And just uh, all you're going to do is search Race Chaser Radio. Three words, Race Chaser Radio. And then uh, give us a follow. And you can uh, get access to all of our programming, and including this, uh, as it gets posted. So look forward to uh, being back with you in a week or so. Kyle, have a great rest of your week. And for all of the fans, the same. Be safe and uh, look forward to... Being uh, back for the next edition of Mainly Modified's podcast. Until then, for Kyle Souza, I am Tom Baker. Thanks to Matt Hirschman for being our guest today. And uh, all of you have a great weekend. So long.
You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.